Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, as I know, I'm sure, with many of you in the business world, one way or the other, you know, uh, and maybe especially right now, you see that especially in our day and age where you're trying to find people that you can hire that are worthy of their wage, uh, hiring the right person can make all the difference in the success of one's business. Uh, if even the boys and girls understand uh, the right person that they would like to have for maybe a project they do at school, or maybe they're picking teams to be playing some kind of game, and they see Johnny, or they see Mary, and they say, you know, I want to have Johnny on my team. You know, I want to have Mary on my team, because I know if I have that person on my team, that's going to make all the difference between winning and losing. Well, in life in general, having the right person uh, leading you is crucial. And so when we're filled by the Spirit, or we keep in step with the Spirit, when we're led by the Spirit, as Galatians would tell us, when we're endowed with the Spirit, as, as our passage makes clear, it can make all the difference in the world when it comes to living the kind of life that the Lord wants us to be living. The question gets asked here in the Heidelberg Catechism, why must I still do good? And maybe it's not as clinical of a question as you might make it out to be, because in essence, a lot of times in life, we can find ourselves asking that question. It's a fair question. Sometimes the way we bring it up is it always in the right spirit, of course. Uh, but we might ask that question in many different contexts. We might say, well, why must I still do good when somebody is doing me bad? Somebody's doing me wrong. Why must I do good? And why, when we think that we've done our share already, should I be doing any more? Or we might ask, well, <laughs> you know, as we've grown, grown older, and we say, you know what, it, it's time for other people to do things. Uh, why should I do any good anymore? We might ask that of somebody who's young. You know what? Why should I do good? You know, I got plenty of time in my life to do good. You know, just let me go off and, and do what I want. They used to talk about sowing wild oats. You know, and uh, sometimes when you're young, you think, "Well, I got plenty of time to to do the good." Right now, I just want to do what I want. And I really don't care what anybody thinks about it. Why must I still do good when I'm tired or, or I'm sick or, or when I'm just plain sick and tired of this or that or the other thing? We may not always ask that question with the best intentions. But there's always a good answer to it. And it's always going to really boil down to this. It's because of God's grace. That's why. What Christ has done for us and what the Holy Spirit is still doing for us. Grace makes all the difference. Grace is why we must still do good. Grace changes things. Whether it has to do with the deliverance from our sinful misery and condemnation or whether it has to do with our renewal by the Spirit of God. Grace changes things so much that when we ask the question, why must they still do good? We look at grace at work in us and we say, it's because there's so much for us to do. 
There's so many areas in which I can do it. There's so many people and so many persons, you might say, who can be touched by what I do. My God, others, myself. It covers every part of my life. It covers my entire life from beginning to end. We talked about that Thursday with our ladies' Bible study about the encouragement that was there in Psalm 92 that spoke to us about how that even in our old age we may be fruitful. What a blessing to be able to see that. We talk about how you know getting old isn't for sissies. But getting old doesn't mean we can't still be fruitful. And what our passage reminds us and our catechism underscores is that the change that grace brings is something that can be seen in the saved and it will not be seen in the unsaved. And, and that pretty much covers everybody, doesn't it? Because grace is either changing you or you don't know grace. I mean, that's, that's for all of us. We're one or the other. Either grace is changing you and has changed you or you don't know grace. And you have to be in one of those categories. There aren't any other ones. You're one or the other. You're among the saved or you're among the unsaved. Among those who have known grace or those who haven't, among those who are endowed with the gift of Christ's Spirit, bearing fruit, or you're entrenched, as the Galatians passage would tell us, in the works of the flesh. So we're going to focus on two points this morning, and admittedly, especially I'm looking at uh, the, the first one, where it speaks to us about how grace changes things, and that you see it in the saved. We'll also touch on how Inevitably, you don't see it in the unsaved. Uh, but we're going to hit, probably you'll find that I'm going to be touching especially on that first part, part more than the other. Not that the other isn't important. In fact, it's a warning. Right? That, uh, and we hear, it, we, we hear it, we heard it in the communion form. We, we hear it in the catechism. We hear it here that, that if you are in the flesh, if you are not showing forth, uh, signs of grace within, you don't inherit the kingdom of God. And so there is a warning there. and We don't want to at all bypass that or gloss that over. Uh, but it's also important for us to be able to look at ourselves, especially if we're going to be coming to the communion table, to be able to say, uh, so do we see the, the, the work of the Spirit in our own lives? And so we, we, we check on that this morning as we look at how grace changes things. Uh, we start by looking then at how you see it in the saved. If I look at a tree, I can see whether it has fruit or whether it doesn't. If it's supposed to have fruit and it doesn't, there's something wrong with the tree. If there's fruit there, then, then that's the kind of tree it's supposed to be. And uh, we see fruitfulness in, in the saved. When we say that grace changes things, we see it in the saved. They are a people that have come to believe in the saving work of God in Jesus Christ. They've had their status already changed. They've had their status transformed. They are no longer under condemnation because they are in Christ Jesus. They're no longer children of wrath. They're children of God. They're no longer uh, condemned to die spiritually and physically, but they are justified in the sight of God through Christ, the righteous one. 
And Christ Jesus in that way has made all the difference. He's the Savior of sinners and He alone. So the, so the question gets asked, why do you still do good? Well, you still do good because that's also what grace does to a person, doesn't it? Because it not only removes the guilt of our sin, the penalty of our sin, but the, but the power that sin has over us. It removes the shackles that would keep us from doing good. I am no longer, as our passengers say, under the slavery of sin that the law communicates to me. And that's what, to me, what it means when Galatians says to me that I'm under the Spirit and not under the law. It's not that I don't want to follow the law. It's not that I want to be lawless. And I'll just kind of flighty follow whatever the Spirit is, is telling me to do regardless of the law. No way. The Spirit's not going to be in conflict with its own law. It's just now, instead of, it's not that I don't want to follow a law, but now I've been changed so that I can. And this then is how grace changes things, right? Christ redeems me, he reconciles me, he delivers me, that's a change. But the Spirit of God is also at work changing me in that sanctifying kind of way. I can say that then that I do good, and you can see good in the saved because of grace. Grace that saves, uh, but also grace that sanctifies. And it's because of the grace of salvation that I want to do good. And it's because of the grace of a renewed life that I can and I will. It's because of Christ, it's because of the Spirit, it's because of grace. Grace changes things. You know, we often hear of people who want to make a difference in this world. And that's a good thing. It's, that's, that's noble. Right? Sometimes as we're growing up, as we're young people and young adults, and we're looking ahead at what we want to do in life, we're thinking to ourselves, yeah, I, I want to make a difference. I, I want to do something that, that'll be noteworthy. But Christians, those saved by grace, will do that. Because they're Christians, because grace changes them, they'll truly make a difference. Because grace has changed them towards that, to be different. And they've been made different by Christ and His Spirit, and it will show. There'll be a difference. Some people want to be different just so that they'll get noticed. We get a lot of that in, in our society. Right? You go out to a mall, you go out to uh, you know, visit uh, in, in some other town, it doesn't matter where it is, but you, you go out in public and, and, and you can't help but notice that, 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 that people want to show that they're different. They don't want to be one, just one of the seven billion. They want to stand out, and, and people will do that with their clothes, and they'll do that with their hair, and they'll do that with their skin, and, and, and so that... So that you'll notice that. Here I am. I'm different. They want to be different. They want to stand out. But you know, if you're among the saved, if you're among the saved, then you don't want to be different just so that people will notice you. 
You want to be different because of the grace that's already made you a different person. Not so that people will look at you and say because of what you look like on the outside uh, that makes you different. You want to be a different person because of what's happened to you on the inside. You want to be like that before God, before man, and even for yourself. And it's the Spirit that makes that kind of difference in a person's life. How will you know it? How can you look at yourself right now and say, well, I, I know that that difference has been made. Grace has changed me. Well, you'll know it because more and more gratitude will predominate your life. Right? We, we, we talk about how uh, in our confession that Christ by His Spirit is also renewing us to be like Himself so that in all our living we may show that we're thankful to God for everything that He's done for us. Gratitude is going to predominate your life more and more. Now, whenever there's gratitude, it presumes that you've received some kind of service or some kind of gift. It may be something small, it doesn't matter. You know, you're going into the convenience store and, and there's somebody in front of you and they, they open the door and, and you get close to that door and they hold the door open for you and you say thank you. Or you do that for somebody else. It's a small thing, but they've done something for you and you say thank you. Or you get something for Christmas or your birthday, boys and girls, and you say, Oh, mom and dad, thanks for the new bike that you gave me. Sometimes when you're real little, your moms and dads have to tell you, you know, what do you say now? Thank you. Right? You know, I, I love that. You know, and my my grandkids have a birthday and and then we might get them some some something and uh, and then their parents will say, Well, what do you say to grandma and grandpa? They say, Thank you, grandma and grandpa, you know. It's just beautiful. It's, it's lovely. Right? But they're doing it because they've received something. Thanks for taking us out for dinner. Thanks for fixing my car. Thanks for bagging my groceries. I had something just yesterday happen where I said to somebody too, you know, thanks for doing what you did. Because that really helped us. And you just did it because you wanted to. We appreciate that. Christian life's about that kind of gratitude. And it covers every part of us, from heart to soul to mind to strength, every moment of it, every aspect of our lives, from our, our schooling to our home life, to our workplace, to our worship, from the good times to the bad. The Christian life is a thankful life. The Christian life is not about us expecting God to thank us with eternal life for, for who we are and, and, and what we've done. It, it's, it's about life's about thanking God for the eternal life we know in Christ, despite who we are. And it's a, it's a thanksgiving that permeates and impacts everything about us. You know, we wouldn't find it strange for somebody to profess lasting gratitude to someone who has saved one's life. If you've had anything that's ever happened to you physically that has debilitated you, and you know somebody who has addressed those issues, 
and was there for you. You know that it's even to say thank you isn't enough. You just have this deep-seated gratitude and you don't forget those people for what they've done. You know, if somebody were to ask you why you would be like that, you'd say, well, I owe my life to them. Well, what about Christ then, right? I mean, we owe Him our all, our body and soul, every part of our lives, because He, he has saved it all for time and eternity. And, and what a difference when, when grace has changed our lives that way. What a life we can now live. A grateful life. You look at yourself and ask yourself that question, is that the life that you live? I have to ask that question myself. Do I find myself more and more becoming a grateful person so that when somebody sees me, they say, they don't, hopefully they'll see the flaw which are there. But but I hope more and more, and, and we know we all should see that in our lives, that we, we want people to see in our in our lives that we're grateful people. We're grateful people. We're living like there's nothing, or are we living like there's nothing deserving of gratitude? That people see us and and as as we live our lives, you don't see a speck of gratitude in their lives. You know, it makes a big difference whether you live gratefully or grumpily. You know, if you're always groaning or if you're grateful. It makes a big difference in one's life. But, but why not when grace has made such a difference in our life? You know, you can also see the difference that grace makes because praising predominates. Again, we mentioned that in, in our catechetical uh, instruction here that we may show that we're thankful and that he may be praised through us. Some think that praising God in worship is, is a complete waste of time. There's so many better things to do. And some think it's just a cultural thing. You know, it's an ethnic thing. You know, it's something that, that Dutch people do, or it's something that Italian people do, or it's something that German people do. Um, you know, and they're the kind of people that spend time in church one way or the other. It doesn't have anything to do with ethnicity, does it? It has to do whether you're saved or not. It's whether you belong to the holy nation of, of the Church of Jesus Christ or not. It has to do with whether grace has changed you. That's what Christians do. It's what we were born to do. You know, the first thing that we pray for is, hallowed be thy name. Right? And you be praised, dear God. And so whether it's the week-to-week opportunities that are given to praise God, or whether it's praising God with everything that we do and say and thank from day to day, it's the praising of God that those who have been touched with grace do. And, and worshiping and praising, sure, becomes habitual, but it's a good habit. 
And, and if you find that coming to praise God from week to week is a joy for you, and if you find that the attitude behind what you're doing from day to day is with the praise of God in mind more and more, uh, then you're showing that the Spirit of God's at work. And that's encouraging. And, and, and that really leads us to understanding, too, that personal assurance of grace at work follows naturally when you discover that more and more your life's about gratitude and more and more your life's about the praising of God. You can be assured by these kinds of fruits of the Spirit uh, that, uh, that what's happening in your life is that grace is at work in your life, right? We do good so that we can be assured of our faith by its, its fruit. And then it changes in the lives of Christians, too. It, 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 makes, it makes a difference in the way we deal with other people. You want to make a difference in people's lives. You know, we make that confession, you know, as well, right? That uh, uh, we also, by our godly living, want to win our neighbors over for Christ. Again, you know, you want to make a difference in people's lives? You want to make a difference in the world? Is that something that is important to you? Then be a Christian. Be a Christian and you will. You trust the salvation of Jesus Christ. You see the difference that it can make in the church from our past. The fruit of the Spirit will be for the welfare of the church. The change that the Spirit brings to people's lives will in turn be used to make a difference in other people's lives. It'll build them up. It'll supply their needs. It will lift their spirits. With God's blessings, it'll even change them unto salvation, which is the biggest change of all. Now, not everybody's going to always appreciate your fruitful spirit. But you'll be showing your appreciation of the grace of God in your life. And the grace of God will be evident. And that's what matters. We're not called to be what we once were so that everybody can say, well, there goes, that's just the way John is. You don't want to live like that. You're not called to that. Well, that's just how John is. I'm not called to that. We've been called to freedom from slavery, to a changed life. We want people not to say to us, well, that's just the way John has. We want people to be able to say to us, that's how Christ is. That's what we want to see. No longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. The freedom of fruitfulness, of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Grace doesn't just change our status before God. Thanks to Christ's salvation. Thank God it does. But we're not just given a heart that, that trusts, but a heart that cares. With God's law upon our heart, we, we've become new creatures, and we're becoming new people. Every new day in Christ. Every new day. And when we confess salvation, we confess that we have also become those called to be imitators of Christ. And we ask ourselves then that question, is that the change that's happening in my life? Do I, am I content to just let people say about me, well, that's just John. 
what should drive us is that we want to be just like Christ. As the Scripture in our confession says about the Scriptures, you won't see that change in the unsaved. You won't. Now we don't confess that sinners cannot be saved. Christ came into this world sinners to save. We don't confess perfect Christians. We know that we're on this side of glory where we make only small beginnings. We also know the importance of believing that grace changes them. And that where, when grace has changed our lives in Christ, it changes the kind of people we come to be more and more all the time. In weakness, do we fall into sin? Of course we do. Can, can we find fault and flaws in Christ, our Christian neighbors? Of course we can. Can, can, we, can they find them in us? You better believe it. But is there a change of life about it? Is there something different about us? Do we hate sin? Are we the kind of people who are marked by the fruit of the Spirit or the works of the flesh? Are we the kind of people who are sorry about our sins but just gloss them over? Are we the kind of people who are fighting against our sins and hate it? Or are we the kind, are we the kind of people who when people see us all they see is ingratitude and impenitence and godlessness. And we ask ourselves the question again, what marks our life? Are we the kind of person who lives like there's nothing for which to be grateful? Or are we the kind of person who sees there's every reason to be? Are we the kind of person who takes absolutely no delight in the praise of God? We, we, we check in and we check out. But we're not motivated by grace. Do people know us more for our wickedness or for our godliness? Is it all that we bear briars and thistles? We don't want to be known as the kind of people who sin all the more so that grace will abound in our lives. That gets us nowhere. That doesn't inherit the kingdom of God. That, that kind of attitude takes us straight to hell. We want to be known as those who fight against sin because we've known the grace of God. Grace changes things. It makes us right with God in Christ as only Christ can do it. It changes lives over time more and more too. And if we don't see that, we need to ask ourselves the question, do, do, do I really know what grace is? Do I do what I do just because that's just the culture in which I live? Or do I do what I do because grace has changed me? If I really come to know the salvation of Jesus, perhaps we need more of a change in our lives than we realize. But we're really never going to see true change in our lives for the better unless we first come to know the grace of Jesus as our sole Savior. But if we've known that change, we'll find that over time the fruit of the Spirit will be made more and more evident in our lives. And that's what grace does to a person. And I pray that you'll see that grace at work in your lives with each new day that God gives to you in Christ. If you want to make a difference, and I hope you do in life, just think about the difference that the grace of God 
can make in your life. Amen.